G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes when things go wrong in life, it feels like we're all alone in our own personal prison cell. No escape. When that happens, what can you do? Bernie Diamond and welcome to the program today as we kick off a new series of messages called Get Out of Jail Free. I can't quite imagine what it would be like to be locked up in a jail on death row. Not only wouldn't I be free to come and go as I please, but the certainty of imminent death hanging over my head. Can you imagine? Completely trapped, nowhere to go, no future, no hope, just fear and dread. It's unimaginable. I've been reading a letter from a friend of mine, a guy called Paul, who spent quite a bit of time on death row. Ultimately, they killed him. He wrote this letter not to me, but to some mates of his at a place called Philippi. And not this year. It was sometime in the first century AD. I've read his letters so many times, he's become quite a good friend to me. The crazy thing is that this letter from a dead man walking is so full of hope and joy I thought we could spend some time, just a bit of time together this week, figuring out why. What a perfect salve for anyone who's ever felt trapped in a hopeless set of circumstances. Ever felt all locked up? You know, it's like being in a prison. There's something about our circumstances or our situation. It gives us no way out. There's no hope. There's no future. It's like being on our own personal death row. It's a funny thing, but 95% of stuff in our life can be going just fine. And then one thing goes off the rails. Maybe it's something in our marriage relationship. Maybe it's a difficult teenager. Maybe we're just exhausted or, or there's a work relationship or it's just the drudgery and the grind or some money problems or loneliness or depression or anger or fear. Just one of those things, it's like it wipes out the other 95% of life that's going well. It's like that. all that stuff that's going well doesn't matter. The one that dominates is that one that's dragging us down into the pits. The one that becomes our own, our own personal death row. I don't know how it is for you, but for me, it's like a dark, impenetrable hole. When you're in a set of circumstances you can't change and they're weighing you down, this hole is an impenetrable blackness. Nobody else can get through. It doesn't matter what they say, it doesn't matter what they do, they just can't penetrate, they can't connect. No other good circumstance seems to be able to come into that space with me. Maybe you felt like that. I think I've just heard a couple of pennies dropping. The question is, what do you do? How do you cope? Do you just live in that, that dark, impenetrable hole all the time? Or is there something to draw on when you're in that place? I mean, we all need hope. And I remember a good decade ago now when I was in the darkest place of my life and everything fell apart, the worst thing was that that my hopes and dreams for the future were broken on the floor. You know, all that stuff that we look forward to, when we feel we've lost it, when all those hopes and dreams are shot, ah, man, that is such 
a dark place. We need a light to burn in that place. We need just a flicker of a candle to shine in that darkness. And when we're in that prison, you know, a prison is is big concrete walls and big metal doors with locks on them and guards and towers. When you're in that prison, you can't change it sometimes. You, You can't escape. We can't always change the circumstances that we find ourselves in. As much as we'd like to fly out of this prison cell, some days you're in that prison cell, buddy, and that's where you're staying just for the time being. So what do we do on the inside? Pardon the pun. Well, my mate Paul, he was one of Jesus' apostles, writes this most amazing letter to his buddies at Philippi. You can read this letter. It's really quite short. It's about three or four pages. You'll find it in the New Testament part of the Bible towards the end. It's called The Letter to the Philippians from Paul. Good read. Here's this Paul on death row, and he writes a letter of incredible joy and hope. And there are four bits that we'll unpack over the course of this week that really blow me away. For a man who's in a dungeon, chained to a Roman guard, waiting to be executed. And executions in those days weren't all this have a quiet injection and and just quietly die in your sleep. Executions were brutal. I mean, any execution is awful, but these were brutal executions. You understand what I'm saying? And my buddy Paul writes this incredible letter of joy and hope. And the four key bits of advice that we'll unpack during the course of the rest of this week on a different perspective is firstly, he starts with a heart of love. He writes to his buddies, This is my prayer for you guys, that your love will overflow more and more as you get to know Jesus better. Hang on, Paul's the guy on death row, Paul's the guy that should need encouraging, and he's writing to these friends saying, oh man, I hope God's love will just overflow as you get to know him more. He has a deep concern for his friends. There's a love relationship there. He he takes the focus off him and puts it onto others. Hmm. We can get terribly self-absorbed and we'll look at the cost of that self-absorption, if I can call it that, on tomorrow's program. The second thing is he comes at it with a heart of humility. The context is there's a whole bunch of his competitors or rivals, I guess. I mean, Paul was a really well-known guy. He went and preached Jesus for over a decade in a whole bunch of different exotic places and he's locked up now in a dungeon. He's no longer in the limelight and there's a whole bunch of other people out there preaching and, you know, digging the knife into Paul a bit. Of course, you and I would never do that, but but they're doing that, right? Paul's in jail. And he turns around in the face of that and he says, my buddies at Philippi, don't do anything out of selfish ambition, but consider others being better than yourselves. He comes at it with a heart of humility in the middle of his circumstances. The third one is he has a heart of rejoicing. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I tell you, rejoice. Now, that is bizarre. And he says, no, no, you don't understand. Be gentle. Jesus is in this place. Could you imagine being on death row and writing, Hey, friends, rejoice. Be glad. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. So in the middle of these dark circumstances, this relationship he has with Jesus, he found enough in that to rejoice. And the last one of the four points in this letter, there are a few more, but these were the ones that really jumped out at me, is he had a real heart of contentment. He said, I have learned to be content with whatever I have, wherever I am. I know what it's like to have not much, and I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry. He said, look, I can do anything in Jesus who strengthens me. 
Now, I have to tell you, going hungry is not really high on my list of things I want to do. I know there are plenty of people in this world that do go hungry, but we men in particular don't focus very well at all on anything when there's a rumbling in our tummy. And yet Paul has said, you know, it doesn't really matter if I've got a little or a lot. I've been in both places. And, well, you know, if I'm not getting enough food or if I'm getting enough food, it doesn't really matter. I have learned to be content because I can do all things in this Jesus who strengthens me. He is this man on death row. And he's talking about love and humility and rejoicing and contentment, which we'll unpack through the remainder of this week on the program. If, if you miss any of those, you can listen to the programs online at our website. I'll tell you how to do that later. I would encourage you in your prison, in your death row, the things that are eating away at your life at the moment, what are they? Put a name to them, confront them, look at them and say, that is exactly my prison, that is exactly my death row. It is time for a radical change of focus to something that actually works. So stick with us over this next week as we explore that dark place from a different perspective. up stuff that we rather it hadn't. And as we struggle with that stuff, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that in all likelihood, God is up to something good, changing us from the inside out in ways that we don't quite understand at the time. That's why I love to send you a free copy of my latest life application booklet. It's called The Grace Transformation. Because God's Word is alive and active. Amen. So I'm praying that through this booklet, He'll help you lay hold of the freedom that Jesus died and rose again to give you so that you can become all that He created you to be. You can request your free copy right now, The Grace Transformation. Just stop by at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 and we'll send it straight out to you in the post. Again, that's ChristianityWorks.com or 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for joining me. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.